Hi, welcome to Pentecost Today podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle. It is a joy to be here with you all, and we are very excited to have a special guest with us, David Peterman, Jr. He is joining us from Dallas, Texas. David, welcome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're, we're going to begin with prayer and with a quote from the Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit. So uh, shall we begin? Absolutely. As always, I'm reading from Baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to read from the new communities that are formed as a result of the Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And beginning, it says, Community members experience deep bonds of fellowship with brothers and sisters with whom they share a common life in the Spirit. There is a new recognition of our interdependence in the body of Christ and our obligation to put our gifts at the service of others. And we, we are very, very blessed to have many different covenant communities from all across the nation who have uh, really been a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our nation. And so David Peterman is the one of the founding members of the Christian Community of God's Delight, which is a predominantly Catholic charismatic covenant community based out of Dallas, Texas. And David, you just celebrated your 50th anniversary. Uh, what, a, what a precious gift. So, so we'll, we'll love uh, just spending some time getting to know you, hearing about the community, but let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you We give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Father, for the amazing grace that we are allowed to to see, these fruits and these graces of the work of the Holy Spirit in our nation. We especially thank you, Lord, for David, for his community, for all of the precious work of his hands, and, Lord, for the grace of how we will uh, come into deeper relationship with you and with your Spirit throughout this episode, and Lord, we ask for that grace now as we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right, David. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. And you have been obviously involved in the community for a long time, but we always like to kind of introduce our guests to the folks that are listening. One thing, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I'm kind of really proud of this because I think... The whole, the whole point is to get the word out there, to introduce people to the whole movement, to try and bring them closer to Christ, you know, to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to bring them into this community where, you know, ultimately it, at some point it is going to transform their lives and then they're going to be a leader out there and they're going to transform other people's lives and it's going to catch on and the next thing you know you have a... You have new communities, you have new countries, you have a new world because we've all been baptized in the Spirit and we've spread the word. Now, not everyone's going to subscribe to that, but that's not our decision. Our decision is to spread the word. You have been doing this a long time, 50 years. I want to introduce folks to you, so let's talk about where you're from and how you got started 50 years ago. Stephen, uh, listen, my, uh, I'm, I'm married now, I have five adult daughters, and recently retired but I actually got my start um, as a teenager here in Dallas, where my family was part of the founding of a community in 1974. So as a teenager, I was prayed for for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, been attending prayer meetings uh, my whole life. 
but it was really the transformational experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that kept me coming to our prayer meetings, you know, that provided formation as a young adult, you know, growing up in community, and just seeing how God was able to use a covenant community to be able to, you know, renew the Diocese of Dallas and Fort Worth, as well as accomplish things all across the world. So there's, you know, God doesn't call us to himself, you know, as individuals alone. He calls us to himself through our relationships with others and and various types of communities. So I've been blessed to be in Dallas where there was a strong covenant community. So you, you, when you started out, though, because you said something very interesting, that you started early as a teenager praying for this. So you were being exposed to this. Was that your family, the way you were being raised, or just happened to be people around you? There was a prayer group that started in Dallas, just as a, you know many parish-type prayer groups that existed, and my family was attending some of those early prayer meetings. But at, at the time, you know, there, there was a group of people that were being called beyond just associating as a weekly prayer group and being called to actually make a covenant with one another. And so my family was part of that discernment. And so I joined the community as a teenager uh, with my family early on and have just lived in covenant for community for most of my life. And you've never looked back, so you've never had a, a, any... And I love to ask this question to a lot of folks is, you know, have you ever had those moments where you said, am I on the right path? Or was it once this happens 50 years ago, you've never looked back? Well, I, I do consider myself blessed to have had a, an experience of the Lord as a teenager, and because I know that I've avoided a lot of the, you know, some of the stories you hear about people who go off to college or, you know, young adults and have, you know, a period of, of being away from the church. And, and I personally didn't experience that. But, you know, in every person's walk with the Lord, you know, there's going to be highlights and lowlights. There's going to be the dark night of the soul. There's going to be times where we're all restless. So I feel blessed, you know, being associated with the community in my life. And my, my swings have not maybe been as high and low as, as others. But, you know, life is a journey of experiencing the Lord and surrendering and then coming back to Him. So uh, my story is similar in that regard. Now, in that 50 years, have you ever... You've obviously met a lot of folks, and you've been involved in this, and a lot of folks have surrendered, and they've been sincere in their surrender, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you ever, for lack of a better term, see those people stray off the path and not come back? I mean, is that possible? So uh, so any Christian is going to experience some that go with them, some that go with them for a time. You know, the, the, our community's experience and my experience is that, you know, we have many, many people who've come to us and they were seeking the Holy Spirit. They might go through a Life in the Spirit seminar, but then they feel like they were called to serve in a parish or in some other ministry. Others, you know, decided they wanted to join the community, but then later decided the Lord was calling them differently. We've been blessed by having a core group, you know, that has remained faithful for five decades. But every experience, every Christian needs to seek the Lord, to seek the Holy Spirit, and follow that path to the best of their ability. And we have examples in our community of all of those. Mm-hmm. David, it's it's so awesome to see the glory of the ministry the Lord has called you into with the Covenant community, but also with being a board member of Mount St. Michael Catholic School in Dallas. You are a council member of Pentecost Today USA, and just the the fullness and the breadth of ministry that the Lord has called you into is, is extraordinary. 
um, but also in your your everyday life. You're so graduate with a bachelor's degree in computer science, graduate uh, with a master's degree in business administration, and a 45-year career with Texas Instruments. So it would be great for those who are joining us today and just saying, you know, I've been a part of ministries or I've, I've done some ministry work, but my primary mission field is my workplace. And it would, it would be fantastic to hear some of how you really saw the graces and gifts of the Holy Spirit being poured out uh, in your career. I'm, I'm glad you opened that subject because the beauty of, of growing up in covenant community is you see lots of examples. You see brothers and sisters discern a religious vocation. You see brothers and sisters very successfully discern, you know, to work in the work world and to the best of their ability, bring the Holy Spirit into their work world. You know, we, you, ha- you wear hats of being a parent. You have hats of being a spouse, of, of volunteering in diocesan organizations, you know, serving in a school, serving, you know, in, in, in other type of capacities. But the challenge that we all face is how can we bring the Holy Spirit into every hat that we wear? So that, you know, whatever capacity we're serving, whether we're working in the work world and spending a whole career there, or whether we're serving our local church, you know, basically giving our life to the Lord, inviting the Holy Spirit in, and turning every moment into an opportunity to say, God, what are you wanting to accomplish here and now in this meeting, in this event, in this work day, and how can I bring you into this experience and be, you know, a conduit of your love? Now, I want to ask a question because I've had a, we've had a couple of guests on here that have had what I'm going to call technical backgrounds. And I, it's funny, I, when I hear computer science, my ears perk up because my undergrad is also in computer science. And you probably had a lot of math in there and you had a lot of logic courses and you probably have a very analytic brain. The one question I love to ask folks like that is, especially when they're devout spiritually, is did you ever have trouble rectifying that logical brain with the spirit world? So absolutely. The intellectual, when asked the questions about, you know, is God really real? And is, is he alive and he's really active? Is, you know, is the, is the Bible only applicable 2,000 years ago, or is God just as active today? And, you know, the world's creation. And so you, you, you kind of, you can look at all those analytically, you can study them, but at the end of the day, you're not, I, I couldn't find answers to them you know, without inviting the Holy Spirit in and asking questions of, God, I want you to reveal yourself to me. And, uh, you know, I, I, want to ex- I, want to be, I want to experience you at work in our lives today. And, and when I did that, you know, the, the Holy Spirit did enter in. And as I would give my life to the Lord and ask for His intervention, I would experience little God moments or little miracles you know, where, where God was making himself real and making himself present. And then, you know, that would prompt some quiet time to reflect on the majesty of the creation of the world or the majesty of the creation of our bodies and how we were constructed and how we heal ourselves. And, and, and there's just so, things, you know, that are unexplainable without the reality of God. So a combination of, of being open to God, feeling himself through his creation and, a per- and then reveal himself in a personal way, you know, when we meditate and reflect on him and we ask him for answers to, to prayers, you know, those two things just convince me that he's alive and well today as he was when Jesus walked the earth, and he's, 
he's there for us if we'll turn our lives over to him and ask for the power of his Holy Spirit. So you, you again, you said something that really perked me, and we were, we had another call before about spiritual pride, and I'm not saying this is a spiritual pride thing. When we go, when we pray to God, for example, you say, "God, I want you to, I want this, I want you, I want you to reveal yourself." I, I always, I personally feel like, I think that's almost like the wrong prayer for me, anyways. I always say, "Whatever you want, whatever you want." The problem is, is on one hand, you hear, well, God has a lot of gifts to give you. Okay, I should ask. God, I want this. Okay, but at the same time, what I should, should I really be praying for? God, what do you want for me? And the problem with that is, and, and my humble opinion is, you know, I'm like, I have a very logical brain. And so I struggle with even something as simple as, well, should I say, I want, or do I say, God, what you want? And then if I don't get it, well, I didn't ask for it. Well, if I didn't ask for it, I'm not going to get it. But if I ask for what I want, then I'm not really asking for God's will. You see, so then I fall into this logic trap of going, okay, I don't even know how to pray. Because then you said, is the Bible relevant? Or, you know, today as it was then. Well, I read some of the prayers in there and I say, well, that's David's prayer or that's Isaiah's prophecy, and it really applied 700 years ago to the to the Israelis at the time, and it was, and the really the Babylon were the Babylonians, and I'm going, and I'm trying to logically say, exactly what you said, is this still relevant? It's not even necessarily that I don't believe it, but I go, again, logically speaking, this isn't this wasn't my this isn't my prayer. This isn't, you know, this is his prayer to God. You know, and God's answering him, he's not answering me. So now I fall into that logic trap. And then I start thinking, you know, well, I think I've got it figured out, but I know I don't have it figured out, and I really don't understand it. So help me out with that, because I'm thinking you may have fallen into that trap. Yes, but I, you know, I would go to Jesus' prayer when he prayed, you know, that the cup might, you know, be taken from him, but not my will, but your will be done. I I think the Lord wants us to pray for what we want. I, I think... That the the God works through the desires and the motives and the gifts and the skills and the blessings that He gives us, and He wants us to be active, you know, loving one another, being a witness and example of His love, and leading other people to Him. So I, I think it's right for us to pray for the things that we want, but we all just always caveat our prayers by saying, you know, Lord, not my will, but Your will. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. You know, it's intriguing. Uh, at my last experience of going to confession, the priest gave me as part of my penance um, an exhortation to not just read, but to pray the scripture. And I think, Steve, even in what you just shared, this like wrestling with the word of God, like, oh, does this apply to me? There was a, a precious gift of reading the Bible as a child and just adopting without kind of taking that logical path of, should I pray this? Can it, can this be my prayer? Whether I was reading the Psalms or um, and crying out with David or any other prayer, but it is beautiful to see, especially the words of Jesus, the prayer that we see in John 17 and uh, John 15, just as, as David was sharing, just that, oh Lord, how beautiful that you teach us to pray and that you show us, you know, how to how to really give our hearts to the Lord, to give our desires even to the Lord and, and our will, ultimately. Amazing. David, you know, there's a, I think there's a beauty that even for those who have experienced prayer meetings, those who have maybe gone to a festival of praise 
or to a conference and had this incredible experience and encounter with the Holy Spirit, there's, I think, not always an understanding that, that there is more. And not only that there is more, but that that all of us as Christians, as Catholic Christians, for many are are really being called into this common life in the spirit. And so it'd be great to hear from you anything that you can share with those who maybe haven't heard of covenant communities before. And even to Steve's question of, you know, say I'm I'm surrounded by community, how can I learn to pray? How can I go deeper in that encounter with the Holy Spirit? Well, I, I, I do believe that you know, that God calls us into relationship with Him in a deep and personal way, and that we are exhorted to, you know, take quality time out of our day and make time to just spend with the Lord, reading His Word, reading spiritual books, just being quiet in His presence and allowing Him to speak to us. If we're doing going in that journey by ourselves, you know, it, it can be miraculous, but it, it, it also the Lord will speak to us through uh, one another. And that's why I think he calls us into community. And there are many types of communities, and we can form communities, uh, you know, with families, extended families, or in a parish. But, you know, I think that there are occasions where God calls larger groups of people together because he has something that he wants to accomplish through them that need the scale of a larger group of people committing their life to one another. And that's what gave birth to the covenant communities, where there were large numbers of families coming together and saying, you know, I, I'm willing to make a commitment for a longer period of time to you, God, and to you, brothers and sisters that are likewise called. And, and we're going to put our lives in at God's control and allow him to accomplish amazing things that just simply wouldn't be possible, you know, with one family or a small, you know, group. And that's and the, and the blessing of communities is there, there's, there's lots of different shapes and sizes, and God works in and through them all. But, uh, you know, we feel particularly blessed in Dallas to be a part of this community because we've seen just amazing things happen, you know, when we bind together and say, God, you know, use us as you would have us be used. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, ironically, Alicia just pointed something in, right from the book where it says there is a new recognition recognition of our interdependence in the body of Christ and our obligation to put our gifts at the service of others. And I think um, kind of what you said, I, there are some things you can accomplish alone. I mean, there was a time where Jesus said, you know, go home, go in your house, be alone and pray to God. He's going to hear you. But then there was also where he says, where two or more are gathered in my name, you're going to find me. So I think there's a time for both. But the gifts of the, the, of the Spirit are, are something that I'm I'm, I'm like, I'm the good old-fashioned Catholic that read that and went, yeah, that applied 2,000 years ago. And the first time I came across the Charismatics, Alicia's cousin Frank actually warned me, said, listen, it's going to be weird. And I said, nah, nothing's too weird for me. I was in the Navy. And then um, I saw them and I said, okay, this is weird. But then you start to read it and then you start to understand that, well, there was no expiration date on this stuff. Do you feel that these communities do a better job of kind of allowing people to, I don't want to say, one, educating them on the realities that, hey, this is not expired, and two, maybe because two or more gathered that there is a deep, a more, you know, it's more deeper the prayer, and thus the gifts can be better um, called uh, or, you know, exposed or even given. You, you, does that make a difference in your opinion? A hundred percent, Steve. I, 
you know, you, you think about, you know, any, any child, okay, that goes out for any sport. Some have natural abilities and, and a spectrum. But what helps is practice, okay? And, and, and the same thing is true of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that, you know, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts, but we need, a, we need a place to grow and mature these gifts. And communities provide a, an atmosphere, an environment where we can safely practice the gifts. So we can, we can test the gifts. We can use them over and over again. So imagine a group of people who, who came together and, you know, once a week had a prayer meeting where they practice musical gifts. They, they practice praise and worship. They, they practice sitting in quiet and being attentive to the Holy Spirit. They practice gifts of prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. They, they prayed for one another, and they practice, you know, ministering to one another. So you, you do that every week, okay, for a year, you're going to be better. You do it every, every week for 10 years, you're going to be all the more better. You do it for five decades— and you, you can see how, you know, communities, whether they're small or large, they provide opportunities for us to gather together as a, as a people and to be attentive to one another, to serve one another, to love one another, and to be a conduit of the gifts being manifest and give the cha- these gifts a chance to mature and for God to really be present. Mm-hmm. And David, your, your community has borne some glorious fruits. It would be Tremendous. Just to share some of the highlights of how you've seen the Holy Spirit really impact not only the individuals who are entering into community, but also the larger church. Yeah, so, you know, when when the Holy Spirit came upon us, you know, we were just kind of a ragtag group of people that were just seeking the Lord and had no idea uh, what the Lord had planned. And, And yes, our lives were transformed individually, People gave their lives to the Lord. They turned from addictions. They, they completely, you know, changed their business and and, and personal lives, and, and and that in itself was 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 an amazing transformation. Then, as these individuals started serving in their local churches across the dioceses where we live, you know, many many churches were transformed because we just people who are on, excited about the Lord and on fire and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they transform those that are around them, then as the, as the community continued to exist, we, you know, we were called upon to serve the church. We produced television programs for the Vatican. We, we you know, in 1980, we formed a, a, a Catholic evangelistic uh, program where we trained 500 people from 53 countries to make Catholic television programs. And, um, Millions of people, you know, all across the world have been able to experience uh, TV programs, including the, the largest TV program in Brazil. And all that started because a, a small group of Catholics in Dallas said yes to the Lord. And, and that's, that's the point I was trying to make earlier about God can work in and through us. You know, when we say yes, you know, he can accomplish big things, global things, transformational things that are just not possible when we say yes as individuals, but when we're open to the Holy Spirit and, and we're making a commitment and covenant to Him and a commitment and covenant to, to one another, you know, He can do amazing things through us. It's awesome to hear the glory stories and the mighty work of the Lord. I've met some of the people who are active in the renewal in Brazil, 
and they actually speak about your covenant community and say, you know, we receive this precious gift, and and so to see that one of the major, uh, one of the largest TV stations in Brazil is is one of those fruits. What a mighty work of the Lord. We were cheering here. I know you can't see us in the studio, but we were cheering as you were sharing the fruits. What extraordinary and awesome work of the Holy Spirit through your covenant community. Glory to God. Amen. And David, we, we want to invite you to share any thoughts that you have as far as the nine-year novena. And we know it's, it's launching at Pentecost 2024. It's an invitation to prayer and action over nine years leading up to the 2,000-year anniversary of Pentecost. But I think even what you just shared of we were a small group of people honoring the Lord and giving him the gifts that we had to bring and and then looking at the, the incredible fruits that were born out of that. But it would be great to hear a word of encouragement for those who are saying, you know, I'm intrigued by this nine-year novena. I'm interested. What can that look like if we are praying in unity together and taking action in our communities? Well, I, I firmly believe that the charismatic renewal and every covenant community and, you know, the people in God are united in the fact that God wants to bring about revival to our land. And, you, you know, the United States is hurting for renewal and revival and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so to launch at a nine-year novena, it, it's just like a, a foundational uh, experience for all of us because nothing's going to happen if we're not on our knees dedicating ourselves to seeking Him and asking for all the different aspects of renewal to come together and pray for one another and ask for the Holy Spirit to, to anoint whatever ministry we're a part of. Because it's, it's not about our resources, it's not about our good ideas. The, the transformation and the renewal and the revival will happen because of our surrender to the Lord and are inviting the Holy Spirit to take control of our lives and our ministries. And it, it doesn't matter if you're a small little prayer group in a, you know, in, a, in, a, in a parish, or you're just a single individual saying, Lord, use me and, and lead me to others that have a, a similar mission and a similar desire for you. And I think that the, the novena is going to walk through all the different elements of, of, the, of the renewal so that we can strengthen ourselves in all our different capacities and be prepared for the later stages of the novena, where we turn our whole attention to God's desire to bring every single one of His people together, to be united. You know, the, the, the Jesus' prayer in John 17 was that the world may believe, and, and so that's what we need to do together, is to pray this novena, to surrender our lives, to invite the Holy Spirit in, so that the world will see the way that we are loving one another, we're surrendered to the Lord, great things are happening, and that the world will believe in the Lord that, that sent Jesus to us. And, uh, and that's what it's all about, is that we, we're, we're bringing as many people as possible with us to, to Him in heaven. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's something you said I wanted to uh, chime in on. You know, Alicia, whenever, whenever we pray, you'll say, hey, does something stick out in your head? Well, I've been reading Isaiah. So every night I've been reading a chapter of Isaiah. And something stuck out a couple couple days now. It's been sticking out. And it's, woe to those who call evil good 
and good evil. That's just been sticking in my head. And I've made that comment before that, you know, but I didn't, I didn't know where I got it from. And finally it hit me and I read it and I said, whoa, that's something there. But it's something you said because I've made this comment, especially in the last few years, that there's something really wrong with the world. I mean, I don't know if you look around, we are calling good evil and we are, we are calling evil good. It's kind of like when I said, do, do things in the Bible still apply? And I think the wisdom of the Bible is, is timeless. I may not be, the prayer that David's saying is his prayer to God. It may not be applicable to me, and maybe it is. I don't know, but the, but the wisdom is timeless. But that woe to those who call, you know, good evil and evil good has just been sticking in my head. It was something you just said, too, that, you know, there is a real leadership problem at the local level, at the national, in politics, in business, even in the church. There, there, is, there is no, this is my opinion, there is no leadership where people are standing up and saying enough. And the people that are, are, are at this grassroots movement, like you guys have done. You were able to impact how many people? So if people wonder, can, a, can something like simply, I'm going to go every day, I'm going to pray the novena, make a difference? It absolutely can. It absolutely can because you are going to be saying it with other people, and then what's going to happen is they're not going to be afraid to say it. There's always a strength in numbers, I believe in this, and I think that's why good people tend to be quiet. And obviously that's all it takes for bad people to succeed, is for good people to do nothing. But I think the more people that pray, then God hears these prayers, not that he doesn't hear them, but the more people that pray, the more impact it will make. To think that, I'm just kind of to the people that are listening, to think that you can't make a difference, well, I'm just gonna be praying in my house, what difference does it make? Because you're not alone. That's why we're doing a novena. That's why we're trying to call this novena out. We're trying to tell everybody, hey, we're going to pray a novena. Join us. Join us in the novena. And when people say, wow, other people are doing this, that's when you make the difference. I think the problem right now is there's nobody saying join us. I'll pick on the church a little bit. Even the church has become mechanical. It, it really has. And, and there are a lot of good people in the church, but that call, I mean, the fact that we're shutting churches instead of opening churches tells me that the call is not there. Something's mm -hmm. missing. Yeah, no, I think there's something in, just as you were sharing, Steve, if we look at statistics, if we look at sometimes our own diocese, we see a need for the bride of Christ, the body of Christ to rise up and to run to meet the Lord. And there are so many, so many who have been baptized and yet, not yet come into relationship exactly. with Jesus in a way that's intimate and personal so that they are moved by the Spirit and and really having an experience of the love of the Father, the mercy of God, you know, just covering them in their life. And I think oftentimes, even the search for community, we see, we see that in extraordinary ways, especially among young people. They want to Look, be, they want to get involved. They just don't know, there's no leadership. There's, no, there's nothing leading them. And then when they find it, they hook on both hands and they stay. But you've got to give, they, they've got to know it's there. And I think with the nine-year novena, it's, it can be easy for us to say, I can, I can, yeah, <laughs> I can go years. out and I can, <laughs> I, can save, I can save the nation, you know, and in some way that it's, we're looking to ourselves instead of to the Lord. So I love right. that the nine-year novena, as David shared, it, it takes our focus off of ourselves. It takes our focus off of the world, and it really 
allows us to look to the Lord, to cry out to the Lord in unity, and to see from this posture of prayer the work of the Holy Spirit to revive the nation. Amen. Could not agree more. And uh, we keep saying this, that our, our purpose for doing this is exactly that, to let people know that these things exist. I've said this before. I grew up in, in Catholic schools, and the, the concept of a personal relationship with Jesus is just nothing I was ever taught. It is what it is. It wasn't until even recent years that was such a Protestant thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of Catholics still see it as a Protestant thing, this personal relationship. And I think, and David, you know, the importance of your work is saying, no, no, no. It's, you know, these communities are, are important to bring people together and show them another side that they may never even not have knew was there all along. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, and I think, you know, that is our number one objective, okay, is to let people know that God is real that Jesus is alive, that he's active, he wants... God is initiating a relationship with us constantly. He is the initiator. It's just a question of whether we'll, you know, we'll pause long enough, okay, to be able to let him, you know, reveal himself to us, because he does want that personal relationship. And, and if we'll slow down our lives enough, if we'll take the time to make a priority, to be with him, to read his word... There's just no question that he will reveal himself to us because he is desirous of that personal relationship. He just wants us to slow down and listen. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that in the Catechism, paragraph 1699 says, Life in the Holy Spirit fulfills the vocation of man. Life in the Holy Spirit fulfills the vocation of man. Amen. And so, uh, David, as we close out this episode, if you could pray for all who are joining us to really have a grace of new surrender, new response to those moments of the Lord initiating that, that personal, intimate relationship that the Lord's really calling us all into. I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for loving us, for unconditionally loving us. And Lord, just speaking on behalf of everyone who's listening, we just repent of anything we might have ever done or said, not done or not said, that has any way offended you. And we ask for your healing and your forgiveness. And today we rededicate our lives to you, giving our whole life over to you, asking that you, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, and that you would, with the Father, send your Holy Spirit into my life, that you would give me all the fruits and gifts of the Holy Spirit, your Spirit, that you want me to have active in my life. And Lord, I just rededicate today and every day going forward to spending some quality time with you, to making you a priority in my life, reading your word, spending time in quiet, just in silence, listening for you, giving you an opportunity to develop this personal relationship. Lord, I then ask that you would send me forth, that you would lead me to the brothers and sisters that I can love, that I can encourage, with an encouraging word, a hug, a smile, that I can communicate 
the great love you have for them. Lord, work in and through me. And if you are calling me into a group, a covenant community, a, a, a prayer group, a, a ministry, that you would lead me and show me how I can put the gifts that you've given me to work in building your kingdom. I want to be a part of this renewal. I want to be a part of showing how the Holy Spirit working through my life becomes the power that enables me to accomplish whatever it is that you're about. I want to be about whatever you're about. Lord, just use this novena and my participation with it to help transform the entire United States into a country that has you at its center. Bring renewal, bring revival, and let it be your Holy Spirit working in and through me that starts this process. In your name we pray, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, again, thank you very much for your time today, David. We appreciate you taking time out of a very busy schedule, I'm sure. Appreciate all the good work you're doing. And for our listeners, again, if you want to learn more about the organization, please go out to PentecostTodayUSA.org. Again, that is PentecostTodayUSA.org. You can learn a lot more about the charismatic movement. You can order books, and you can learn more information about the Holy Spirit 2033, the nine-year novena that we are beginning. And uh, again, it's in, it's a celebration of the 2,000-year anniversary, which will be 2033. A lot of people kind of forget that it's been 2,000 years. So again, I want to thank you very much for joining us. And I also want to encourage you, something that we did kind of briefly mention. You know, there's an old joke. It says, God gave us, you know, one mouth and two ears. So we would listen twice as much as we would speak. So I would encourage everyone, when this podcast is over, you know, you say a quick prayer and then just sit quietly just for a few minutes. Unplug Turn everything off. If you can, just take a few minutes to just listen. Maybe God's calling you and talking to you right now, but the distractions of the world, the distractions of your life, you're just not hearing them. And we're all guilty of that at times. So please remind yourself, take some quiet time to just listen. And again, for all of our listeners all over the world, I'm going to say it in multiple languages. First, let's start with Tagalog. Salamat po. In Italian, grazie mille. In French, uh, merci beaucoup. In German, danke. In Japanese, arigato gozaimasu. And come on, Alicia, give me some other languages we can say thank you to our listeners from all over the world. Oh, how many other languages? <laughs> we got 35 countries. Danke schön. That's right. You're, you're German. Abrigado. Abrigado. It's Portuguese. David, can you help us? David, any languages before we sign off here? I don't have anything to add. Okay, okay great. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you again for joining in, and uh, please have a wonderful and blessed day.